That I think is the issue is it's so many places and so many photos and there's no system. Hey everyone, welcome to the Executive Order Podcast, a show for small business owners who want to learn how to do less to accomplish more. I'm a professional organizer based in Somerville, South Carolina, and I know there isn't a one-size-fits-all for organizing within your business. In talking with my guests and chatting about our struggles, our wins, and our lessons learned, I hope that you can learn what works best for you to create a business and a life that's just right for you. So today we are chatting with Ori Langnato. She is a photo organizer, and I am so excited to hear all about how she has built her business because it is totally different than my forte. I have, I would not trust myself to be the one to take on a full photo project. So I'm so excited to hear everything she has to say. Hey, Ori, how is it going? And how did you get started in the photo organizing industry? Hey, Brittany, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, so I have always loved pictures. From the time I was a little girl, when my parents would develop our pictures, I was the one that would keep them and organize them and put them in photo albums. And I would always like write down little notes about things. And I, I love to save, you know, tickets and, and things, all the memorabilia. I was um, always the one keeping all that kind of stuff. My family, when I was a child, immigrated to this country. And so my only connection really with any family outside of my immediate family was through pictures. You know, we'd go visit in the summers and printing those pictures then was just, you know, I would look through them and it, that was my connection to family. So I think that's kind of, it started kind of in childhood. And I've just always been really good about, you know, in the days of film, obviously developing my film right away, putting things in albums. But even when you know, digital started, right when I started having babies is when uh, the digital age opened up. And I was just always really good at backing up and printing things or making scrapbooks or photo books. So it's just always been um, a passion of mine. I did start when I had my daughter. She's 20 now. I started helping people. That was when scrapbooking was really big. And I started helping people learn how to scrapbook and teaching some classes. I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I always knew that. And so I was a teacher and left that job to try to stay home with my kids. And I thought, you know, on the side, I could kind of help people with their scrapbooks. What ended up happening over time is all these women were buying all this stuff and not ever doing anything with it, I'm sure. And many people can relate to that. And I had some people approach me and say, hey, can I just give you all of my stuff? And I love your albums. Can you just make my albums for me? And I never thought about that, but I was like, I love doing this. Like, get paid to do this for you? Heck yeah. So I moved into um, that of sort of like just taking people's pictures and making their books for them. And then, and I did that kind of on the side for several years. And then a few years ago, Hurricane Harvey hit Houston. And that was absolutely devastating. And I had so many people frantically calling me. I wasn't doing photo organizing at the time, but people knew that I was kind of the picture lady because I was known for making scrapbooks and photo books. And people were calling me just frantic. My pictures flooded. I don't know what to do. You've got to help me. This is like our entire lifetime. Um, and it, I realized that people are not taking care of their pictures, not for lack of wanting to. They just don't know how. They don't know how to organize them. They don't know what to do with them. 
And so that kind of clicked in my mind, and I thought, you know, I'm going to help people. And so I was able to fortunately help a few people with their flooded pictures and help save a lot of them. But after that is when I really um, decided to take this seriously and learn how to help people organize, not just their printed, but digital actually seems to be a bigger issue for a lot of busy moms um, that just have digital pictures everywhere. And so that's kind of my journey from where I started to where I am now. And now um, I pretty much just help mostly moms, um, busy and overwhelmed moms, get their pictures consolidated and backed up if they've got you know, boxes of old printed photos, we organize those and handle those, and then just get a digital system that they can maintain easily, that um, you know, they'll know the steps so that they don't end up with thousands and thousands of photos and nothing printed and nothing that they can enjoy. Because at the end of the day, photos are meant to be enjoyed, and that's what I'm finding a lot of people don't get to do. That's interesting that you say that it's more so the digital photos become overwhelming because I would assume that there must be some easier way to document them or organize them or something. And I, I would just off the top of my head think, oh my gosh, it's all those bins that I can remember growing up. We had like these huge Tupperware bins just filled with photos. I mean, I can't even imagine thousands of photos. It must be, you know, in these big bins. But it's interesting. I don't know if that's because people obviously are mostly only using digital photos rather than film photos these days that it would be more overwhelming all of the digital photos that someone has rather than the physical photos that they have. Yeah, I think with the physical, you still have a box and you can still sit on the couch with your kids and pull photos out and look at them and enjoy them and tell stories. They're not organized, but you still have something. And what's happening nowadays is, A, you know, you've got basically, if your phone is your camera nowadays, you've got a camera on you 24-7 which is that was never a problem when we were paying for film, paying for developing, you were taking far fewer pictures. And so you've got that. Then you've got, you know, you take a picture of your breakfast, lunch, and dinner to text to people and put it, you know, you're, a lot of people are in the online industry. And so they're taking a ton of pictures for business. There's screenshots. You're taking pictures of, you know, your parking spot. So you remember where you left your car and there's a lot of junk. Add on to that all the options for digital storage and backup. So, you know, you're, oh, well, Shutterfly, let me put my pictures there. Oh, well, Google Photos is free. Let me put pictures there. Well, let me just download from my phone onto my computer just to be sure that I have a backup. And so then you've got pictures in multiple places and you don't know what's where. And so it becomes really overwhelming to try to even think about making a photo book or even print some pictures because where are they and how do I even get them all into one place? And so that I think is the issue is it's so many places and so many photos and there's no system. That's very interesting because I think about what I do and most other professional organizers, obviously we're in a physical space and usually the hardest thing for our clients is that decision making. But for you, you've got to even just, you don't even have the room that you're walking into to say, okay, the garage is filled to the ceiling with stuff. It's like, okay, well, first we have to get all the stuff into the garage. Let's find it all. Let's find all the photos that are there. And then from there, they have to make a decision on what stays and goes. Or do you not work so much around like choosing what stays and goes? Do you just kind of archive or document all of it? I kind of leave that up to the client. There's some clients that will want... Um, they want me to do it all. They want me to get rid of all the junk. They want it all cleaned up. 
And other people just want, can you just help me get it all into one place and, you know, sort of chronologically organize and then I can take it from there. So it really just depends. There's no, you know, ideally you would have all the junk cleaned out. I'm a big believer in spend five to 10 minutes once a week will go so far. Just go through your camera roll and just delete. You'd be surprised how much you can delete in five minutes of stuff that you just don't need. But if you don't make a point of deleting it, it's there. And it's not going to delete itself. So um, just that five to 10 minutes makes such a difference. But yeah, the very first thing I do with anybody is make a list of where all the pictures are. Because you can't organize it if you don't know you have it. And you really need to get everything all together first. Because the last thing you want to do is go through and organize thousands of pictures and then realize, oh, wait forgot you know this Amazon account over here and now we have to bring that in so step one is just collect everything I like I like your uh, example of the garage like get all the pictures into one place get everything in the garage first before you can even do anything else yeah but when you say the the five minutes a week or five ten minutes a week I've been following your Instagram for the last year or so and it's definitely from you I know that you'll post at the beginning of each month like hey it's been end of February, let's go back and, and go through those pictures. And I've been like, oh, right. You know, let's, if I just do it right now and I go back 30 days, it's so much easier than looking, okay, let's go back and just edit all the pictures from 2019, 2020, because it's so overwhelming. In fact, I've even found for me that if it's, okay, if, if you've posted the end of February, go back and, and look at those pictures. I'm actually going to go back to like November because I still feel somehow like attached to those pictures. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to get rid of it. I don't know. Maybe I still need that. So I need to go back like four or five months and be like, okay, I can start here. And be like, I definitely don't need that screenshot anymore. This is six pictures of the same thing. These are the two best. Let's get rid of the other ones. Right. But I, it's, it's definitely just, it changed my mindset on how to do it. Just thinking, yeah, just taking it into small chunks and keeping at it, keeping on it. Yeah. I definitely the small chunks is a huge part of this because you know, your pictures didn't become this way overnight. You didn't accumulate 25,000 digital photos in a day. So it's not going to get organized and cleaned up in a day. Um, so that definitely is something to consider. Give yourself a break. Like, do small, manageable pieces of the project. Don't think that you can, you know, this isn't like pulling everything out of your closet organizing it all and putting it all back in the same day. It's not, it's just not realistic. I mean, I think a lot of people get started and either with physical or digital, they've started and they, they think they're just going to like tackle this and they're motivated on day one and they're going to get it all done. And then they realize what a big project it is and they kind of just shove it all back in the closet or, you know, just like, that's why a lot of people have so many backups on their computer because they've started and stopped and started and stopped so many times which just then creates hundreds of thousands of duplicate photos. So yeah, it, it definitely can be overwhelming. And that's why I think a lot of people will reach out to me. They just need someone to hold their hand and help them get through it. The same as you, you know, it's, it's the same thing. They just need kind of somebody to, to be there and guide them and help them to get through it. I mean, if you just always keep your eye on the goal, the end result of having organized photos that want to find that baby picture of your child who's graduating high school, you know exactly where to go. And in two minutes flat, you can find it. Or, you know, your child is getting married and you want to make a beautiful slideshow and you can find pictures of your child through the years with a couple of clicks of a mouse. Um, the payoff is so worth it.
you're absolutely right about that. I heard you say organizing in chronological order, and I don't know if, if that's how you do it across the board for all your clients or if certain clients want it organized in a different way. But I'm thinking for chronological, digital, it has that information embedded in it. But your physical photos, sometimes it has the date on the bottom, but how do you do that if it doesn't have the date on it? So there's a lot of clues you can find. A lot of times, um, you know, with printed photos, a lot of people never even took the pictures out of the developer's envelope. So a lot of times that'll have a date on it. My big thing with that is is not to get so nitpicky that you have to have the exact date. In the scheme of life, you know, if you're taking a person's, you know, 70 or 80 year lifespan or and then you look at generations across hundreds of years, does it really matter if it was in 1981 or 1987? Like 1980s is a good ballpark. And so when we really don't know the dates, you know, I try my best to look at, you know, you can look at like missing teeth and children and kind of figure things out. Or, you know, if you have a picture of like a birthday party, you can kind of count the candles to try to figure things out. So there are a lot of clues that you can use. But when it comes down to it, I don't like to spend too much time on that and just kind of ballpark things. That makes sense. And I wouldn't have thought to look for those clues. And that also makes a lot of sense, especially a birthday cake or, you know, you can kind of tell. I know looking back at fashion or maybe a logo yeah. on, on a product, you know, the Pepsi logo or something, you're like, oh yeah, that was definitely from this time period. Yeah. Or, you know, this is the, the house we lived in then. And, or, you know, there's a lot of clues that you can find. Sometimes pictures will have um, the date on the back that's when it was developed. When you're talking about printed photos, that's not the, um, the date the picture was taken, obviously. But yeah, we didn't always drop our film off like right away, but it's still a good ballpark to use. After you have organized it, does typically, would your client go and sit down with their family, parents, cousins, whomever, and kind of sort through it further to divide it? Or they're just happy that there's some sort of order to it and they're kind of good by that? Usually, by the time I'm done, it's it's in pretty good order. They, if I have questions along the way, um, you know, I'll, I'll reach out to them and, and ask. I, I like to give them a finished product that they don't need to do anything else but enjoy and share. The reason they hired me is because they didn't want to do it to begin with. So I don't want to give them back something and be like, okay, now you can do your part and you further sort it. So at the beginning of any project, I sit with the client for several hours and I really get to know their family. I get to know the stories. I get to know the people, the important players in the story. And that helps me to be able to organize things. Um, and yes, most of the time people are doing things chronologically. I found that that is just the easiest way to, to organize things. When you start dividing things by people, it gets kind of sticky because, you know, you might have Brittany's picture and then you've got Brittany's mom and Brittany's dad. Well, what do you do when all three of them are in the picture? Where, what category does that fall in? So it's much easier to do things um, just chronologically makes more sense. But I do have clients that don't want it that way. They do want to go by person or by event, and, and that's fine. We can work within that framework as well. I'm just thinking from like an archival standpoint, that just seems like such a fascinating conversation to sit down with a client and you're getting, I'm sure that they're sharing and talking about family history and things that maybe their kids didn't know about or it's news to them or things they haven't thought about in decades. Do you ever like record? I mean, I'm just thinking of how interesting that conversation must be. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things about what I do. I get to know my clients and their families really, really 
well. And one of the things I think that kind of helps me a lot with this with this job is I have a really good memory. So they will tell me things and I remember it so well. And when it really helps me as I'm going through organizing. But um, yeah, as far as reporting, it's funny because I can't even tell you how many times I'm speaking to a client. And they're telling me stories about their kids. And I'm like, you need to write this down. You need to tell your kids these stories because they don't they're not going to remember this from when they were young. And so I do have several clients that have actually written like their family history and published their family history book where they've written out the stories. They've included some pictures because now they're digital and they can put everything into a book and they publish that with their family. And so that's really nice when I, when I get to see the finished product of what they've created, that's really exciting. Another thing that, that I've noticed with clients is the connection. I think especially now during pandemic, where we're so disconnected, we're, we're in our own homes, we're not traveling, we're not visiting family. When the photos come out and you're reminded of all these great times and all these um, happy occasions, people are just texting pictures and reconnecting with people, you know, online, which I've had a few clients comment on how, you know, bringing these photos back, going back into the old photos, they've reconnected with old friends or they've shared with family. And it's, I mean, it's an amazing connection that, that the photos really do, you know, with relationships. It's incredible what it can do. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing, I feel like if I had to describe your job as a puzzle, I would, you know, you're one part detective and one part historian and one part therapist and one part organizer, but it's like so many other hats that you're wearing and doing that. Definitely, definitely. It's funny because um, a lot of times, you know, a lot of my clients are local, especially when they've got printed photos. I prefer to work one-on-one and so I do get to know their families but I'm working with usually the mom but I get to know all the people in the family through the photos and I've had instances where I've gone to the grocery store and I'll see a client's you know mother-in-law and I know her I know her name I've seen all her pictures I know all the stories but I can't really I have to hold myself back and be like no you cannot go up to her and strike up a conversation that's a little too stalkerish but it's happened to me on multiple occasions where I've run into people that I know, but they have no clue who I am. I can fully relate. I mean, I used to work in food and bev for several years. So in lots of different places that I've lived and worked, you'll bump into someone and you just like instinctually are like, oh, hey. And then it's like, they don't know you. Like, you, they just let them get their groceries. You know, like, oh, what are you doing? But I like instinctually, I'm like, oh, I know you. Oh, we're friends. Oh, we don't really know each other. Yeah, who I am. <laughs> That's very funny. Organization is clearly something you are quite good at. How does it play out in your business then? Like, how does that strength play out, or where are things that you're still learning as you're growing your business? Yeah, definitely. So I'm just naturally an organized person. It just there's not anything that like I can attribute it to like I think that's part of what led me into teaching is I was just very organized and I I had systems for things and my memory really definitely serves me well I can remember a lot of things I rely on that a lot Um, I do I do now have to really write things down a lot more because you know trying to keep track of all these different people and pieces so that's definitely um, something that I've had to get better at is really starting you know having a notebook and just writing down all the different notes about about every different client One thing that surprised me really when I started this business is while I'm very organized and systematic about things, I've had to really make it a point 
to create, you know, operating procedures for my business. Like I'm having to do a lot of times I have to do the same thing over and over again. And rather than just recreating the wheel every single time, I finally decided to just make, you know, a Google Doc. When when I've got to, you know, create a new user on my computer every time for every client, well, just instead of figuring it out, like every single time, just write it all down. And that's one thing that's new to me that I've really started to do a lot is just making lists of what my processes are so that I can just refer back to that real quick and it makes it just makes everything so much more streamlined. Before you were doing that, was it that it felt like there was different questions that you needed to be asking to each client or what was it about it that you felt like you needed to be doing it and inventing it each time over? Well, I would not necessarily remember all the steps. So, you know, like you say, asking the client, like there are certain things that I need to get from every single client. There are certain pieces of information and as I've been, um, you know, working with more people, I'll get, you know, a couple of hours into a project and be like, oh, shoot, I forgot to get this little tidbit. You know, I forgot to get her husband's login or I forgot to get. And so just having the system down where I know if I fill out this form, if I follow these steps, I don't need to think. It's all there for me. And I can use my brain cells for other things and not have to worry about, am I getting all the information that I need? So, and then, you know, as far as just computer things or tech things, just making sure that I don't, again, it just takes the whole thinking out. Like I know um, if I'm going to create something on my website, I can just follow these steps done. I don't have to go do a Google search to refresh my memory. So that has been so super helpful. I'm uh, nodding as you're saying all this because I'm at a position in my business where it's like, oh, if I just wrote all these steps down, this would take Less well, you always think you're going to remember, uh-huh. but you don't. Like in that moment, and it's the same thing really with photos. When my kids were younger, they're all teenagers now, um, but when they were babies, I used to send myself emails like every day. You know, when your two-year-old says like the cutest thing and you think you're going to remember it, and you don't. And so I used to send myself emails. I have an entire folder on my email. Of, it's just called journaling, and it goes back all the way to whenever my kids were little of just so-and-so said the cutest thing today, or these are the new words that he learned, or, you know, things like that. And for me, it was a tool to be able to, when I, when I then made my photo book or my scrapbook, I would open up my email and I didn't have to think again. <laughs> um, I could just copy all my stories down. And so, especially for moms of, of little kids, that's, that's huge because you've got so many, you're juggling so many things and the kids every day are saying new things and doing amazing things. You want to remember it. Um, and that's a huge thing that my kids love is when they look back at their books now, they obviously don't remember when they were in preschool, but they can read all these stories and they, it really does create a sense of memory for them. Like they feel like they're remembering it, even though they're really just remembering it through my words. I think that's a huge thing for moms to think about is, you know, the photos really give the children a sense of self, a sense of belonging, a sense of family. So with kids nowadays that are growing up with just, you know, mom's phone is their photo album. Um, I encourage them, you know, even if you just print some and keep them in a box. (laughs) Not that I'm encouraging disorganization, but, you know, even just to print a few or create a photo book, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be like designed to perfection, but just something that your kids can look at and then journal in it. The words are so important. The stories are so, so important. There's a couple different things in what you said there. I mean, one, going all the way back to the email, 
I love that idea. I think that's incredible. It's just, yeah, I mean, I wish that there was something that I could look back on or I don't have children myself, but that's such a great way so that you don't remember it. And it doesn't take much time, especially now our phone's in our hand almost all the time. So you just shoot yourself a message and there it is. And you can go back. And I love that you were saying that you were doing that so that when you were scrapbooking, it was all right there and ready to go. But it's interesting. I hadn't considered it until you just said printing off those pictures and even if you just have them in a box. I think there really is something about that tangible holding it, feeling it, not zooming in with your fingers, but kind of like looking at it a little closer and inspecting it. That has that that tactile experience has such a different element to it rather than just scrolling through your phone and zooming in with your fingers or something. It sounds as though you encourage your clients to have some printouts. How do you help them decide what to print out? Yeah, that's a great question. So once you've removed all the junk and you have just the pictures, that first of all makes it so much easier. Um, and this this is a service that I offer. So a lot of times people will just hire me. I do the organization, and then they're like, "Okay, now make the books." And we just talk about you know most people will do like the child's first year, and then they'll just do family yearbooks after that, or if they go on any special trips, we'll yeah. do books for that. But if for somebody who's doing their own, the best tip that I've heard that I love this is it's easier to just favorite pictures than to choose the ones you don't want. So if you're going through, let's say, and I, I always encourage people that are that are starting to make books, start with something small. Don't start with, okay, I'm going to do my entire family history. Pick like a trip, a small that has a clear beginning and a clear end that you've only got, you know, a few hundred pictures to choose from and just go through and you're only looking for the ones that catch your eye that are your absolute favorites and just favorite them. Like Marie Kondo, pick the ones that bring you joy. You know, and then from there, you can take those and you make the book. Nobody's going to know what you didn't include. They're going to enjoy the ones that you did. So focus on, like, the positive. Focus on the favorites. Focus on what you are going to get done. And don't worry about things that you're leaving out or the pictures that you're not choosing. I think that makes it a lot easier. People, I think, think it has to be, like, this perfect creation. And just getting it done is better than it being perfect. You could make a photo book 10 different ways, and all 10 of them would be beautiful. The point is, just make it and enjoy it. Um, you know, when you're taking the pictures, you're not taking them thinking, this is going to look great in my storage. You're taking it because there's an emotion. There's a feeling, there's an emotion that you want to hold on to in that moment. Something is happening, whether you're taking a picture of your child or your dog or you're taking a selfie. Something is invoking a feeling that you want to hold on to. And when you turn around then and make the book or print the picture, you get to relive that feeling. And I think that's why you're saying when you hold the picture, there's something different about scrolling through your phone. And I think that's what it is. It brings back that feeling. I love, I mean, I think that's just incredible. Of course, no one's taking the picture to say, oh, you know, I just want to store this in my phone forever or store it in the cloud. That's a huge point. But isn't that what so many people do? Oh, that's what so many of us do is we take the picture, we have the intentions and it just never, I, I understand the overwhelm and I understand the busyness and it is time consuming. But I think when we don't do anything, that's when the guilt sets in and we have enough mom guilt. We don't need any more. <laughs> so just done is better than perfect. I'm curious. You might not have anything to say to this, but sometimes I feel like people 
people, rather than experiencing the moment they're in, are just like looking at it through their phone, whether they're recording. Mean, you go to a concert, we haven't done that in a minute, but you go to a concert and you just see a sea of other people's phones staring at the stage. And it's like, well, or you could just like watch it now and enjoy it rather than like in the car ride back from the concert. What are you doing? Absolutely. So I, and I'm, and this could just be my own bias. I'm not one to like take, I try not to take too many pictures. I'm not, I, again, don't have kids, so that would change for sure when that happens. But sometimes you you go somewhere and you're like, well, are you really experiencing it with your child? Are you really experiencing whatever's going on that you're so excited to capture? Or are you just focusing on capturing it? There isn't exactly a question in there. I'm just kind of wondering your thoughts on that. No, I can definitely (laughs) relate to that. And I've had that thought in my daughter's dance recital, for example. I'm thinking, I'm watching her dance through the lens of my camera when I could just be watching her. And, um, you know, that's when I bought my tripod, (laughs) set it up and that was it. And, you know, push play and it's just going to do its thing. And if we ever want to watch it, it's there, but I'm going to live in the moment. So there's definitely a balance that you've got to find. Um, You you don't want to live through the lens of your camera or your phone. You definitely want to, you know, take a few pictures put the camera away. You don't need 75 pictures of your child's birthday party. You know, 10 is probably sufficient. Um, you know, you're not going to put that many in a book anyway, and most of them are going to be blurry. I've actually found, you know, how you take like 10 of the same thing, hoping that you, to get the one best one. When I look back, it's usually the first or second one that is the best one. <laughs> I'm like, okay, why don't I take the rest of those? So, you know, take a couple pictures and put it away. Yeah. And and live in the moment. Enjoy those moments because that's so true. Um, you know, you're going to relive it through the photos. You're not living it through the photos. The right. first living it needs to be in real life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I, I wasn't sure where you would stand on that. But I just, yeah, I'm sometimes just wondering, like, oh my gosh, are you, are you really enjoying it right now? Or are you really experiencing it? Are there any other thoughts of, as far as organizing either in the business or in photos in general that you want people to know before we wrap One thing, um, I know with the pandemic, a lot of people have been um, pulling out photos and doing their own scanning, and um, I think that's fantastic. One thing I wanted to say about scanning, because this is an issue you mentioned earlier about the digital photos have the dates already embedded, scanned photos don't. So if I took my entire big Rubbermaid box full of photos from, you know, the 1980s and previous and scanned it all, the dates would all read. And so that's one thing I just want people to think about when you, whether you're scanning or whether you're hiring somebody to scan is just make sure that somebody is taking the time to enter the correct date. It's very easy to do. Do it yourself. Um, most people don't know that. And so they don't. And so that's just, just for historical accuracy. And when you're looking back, you know, you can change the dates or you can put change the file name to reflect the date, but make sure that the dates are somewhat correct when you're doing the scanning. Yeah. And that reminds me, you've talked in the past too about the best type of pens or markers to use to put that information on the back of it. What, what is that? It's, you suggest not using like Sharpie or anything like that, right? Yeah. Don't use, so the problem, don't use Sharpie, don't use ballpoint, but the problems with those, they can lead to the front. If you're stacking pictures, they can lead onto the one behind. So um, you just want to use it's a photo pencil. Um, you can 
get them on Amazon, just Google Photo Pencil. Um, I have a link, I think, from my website on my resources. There's one that, that I linked to. And it's just basically a wax pencil that's soft lead, so it doesn't indent the photo, and then it also won't rub off to the other ones. Awesome. So, Ori, will you tell us where everyone can find you on either social media or any other places that you live? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram, and I also have a website, and I am Organized Photo Solutions everywhere. So anywhere you look for me, it's always going to be Organized Photo Solutions. And so I, I post pretty regularly on Instagram and as well as Facebook. And my website has some resources there if you're interested in do-it-yourself or if I have a, a course that I wrote for organizing photos through Amazon. So if you're an Amazon Prime member, you have free photo storage that a lot of people don't realize that. Free unlimited full resolution photo storage through Amazon. So it's just a, a benefit of being a Prime member. So I wrote a course about that. And then, yeah, so that's how you can find me. So cool. I didn't know that about Amazon.com. I'll have to check that out and check out your your program on that. Just to reinforce, Ori's Instagram is what I follow. I, I might follow you on Facebook as well, but I know every, at least every few days, there's something that pops up and I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. Oh, yes, I got to do that. Oh, yeah, that's something to consider. I mean, you just put out so much great information. and It's so specific that I don't know how many other photo organizers there are. So I'm really grateful to know you and your expertise to help me and anyone else that's Thank you. Absolutely. I also have, if anyone's interested in doing their own digital photo organizing, I have a free guide that kind of takes you through the steps of, you know, collecting everything, getting rid of duplicates. And that's at my website. If you go to organizedphotosolutions.com slash DPO, which is digital photo organizing, you can download um, that PDF that kind of takes you through how to um, organize your digital collection. Thank you so much for spending some time with us and, and sharing all of your wisdom. And I hope that uh, we'll chat soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today on the Executive Order Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're really enjoying the show, leave me a review. If you want to connect with the podcast on Instagram or Twitter, you can find it at Executive Order Podcast. And if you want more information or to connect with me about organizing, you can find me at zeniaorganizers.com. All links in the show notes. Can't wait to chat with you in the next episode.